Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tapping in to another episode of The Shift is Real. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright, and I'm so grateful to share this space with you. Today, I have a special guest. I mean, y'all might start to get tired of me saying I'm so excited to have this person on because I love them so much. Oh my gosh, this woman right here. I mean, she when she walks in a room, she's like glass and like a gentle ballerina at the same time. I don't really know how she's able to like do that. Like she has such a strong presence, but she's so graceful and gentle at the same time. Very excited to have my sister, Rachel Wiley, on. She's worked in service of students and communities for over 15 years, primarily in LA, Oakland, and the San Francisco Bay Area communities. She's currently serving as a nonprofit executive director and works daily to challenge and dismantle power dynamics within philanthropy. She leads from a people-first orientation and maintains a special interest in the empowerment of folks of color within all corners of the nonprofit ecosystem. Rachel is a member of the 2021 graduating class of the Leader Spring Center Women of Color and Leadership Fellowship. She is also a professional musician and can, once in a while, be found singing on international stages. Listen, y'all, she is uh, exuberant. She is uh, passionate. She is insightful. She is an advocate, a historian in every way, shape, and form. I want y'all to give it up for my sis, Rachel. Hey, girl. Hey, good morning. I was over here like, let me be quiet because I really wanted to speak back and, you know, shout and all that. And I will. Trust me, I will during this episode. But um, <laughs> I I thank you for always speaking so much light and life into me. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm grateful to have you on. And um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to add uh, extra layers on because you know how I feel about you, Mel. <laughs> I just have to add some extra layers on. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing that I love, I mean, one of the many things that I love about you is like you are really so dynamic and you have so many, as we call it, transferable skills um, and you being in, you know, the arts, you being in uh, community organizing, you being in nonprofit management. There, there's just so many gifts that you have, and I'm always fascinated at how you try to move intentionally to embrace them. So that's why I'm very excited today. We're going to be talking about like tapping into and embracing your gifts, using your gifts, because all of us have multiple gifts, skills, strengths, and we don't always like lean into them. Yeah. So for you, sis, like 
what what's that about? Like you you got a lot of stuff in you, and I know you got stuff in you that you just don't even be doing. <laughs> Oh, man. So for the folks listening, I need you to know that this woman, all the beautiful things she said about me, I I hold and I'm so grateful. But this woman holds me accountable in ways that I have not always had friends hold me accountable. And so, you know, Tiffany, I just need to give the love back to you for the ways in which, through the questions that you ask, but also through the opportunities that you create, through your check-ins, you just, you hold accountability for folks. Um I love this question. What is that about? And there's, there's, I think there's an easy answer, quite honestly, and it's something that I have recently arrived at. Um, I think it's two things. So for me, I have recently arrived at the understanding that we can have and should have a multifaceted identity that we walk through the world uh, with, right? So like, I'm, I'm a black woman. That's how I walk through the world. Like, those are my that's a certain type of identity. But what I'm talking about is, is relative to your conversation or your question about gifts. I think early in my life, I decided this is who I'm going to be. And I didn't make space for that to change or for that to evolve or for that to become more layered. And so, you know, when I started my career at 22 and got my first big girl job, I decided that I wanted to be an educator. And so, you know, I committed my time and my energy and my soul to that effort. And then, you know, I've always been someone who loves music. I've always been an artist. When that started to to become more of an interest to me, I started having this internal battle around like, how is it possible that you think you can be an educator and an artist? And I think I spent a good two years wrestling with myself around like, you can't be both of those things. Mm. Right? Like you just, it's not possible. And nobody told me that, right, Tiffany? Like I just came up with that. You can't be both of those things because you can't you can't possibly bring the right type of passion to more than one thing. Um, And what I have had to learn is like. Not only is that true, but things feed each other. So wait, where did that come from? That's also an important question because, you know, a lot of the things that we believe we inherit from our parents or from our community, you know, the people that we spend the most time with. And when I think about the people that I spend the most time with and the people who feed into me the most, they're not telling me that. So that is actually a very internal conversation. I think I have been telling myself that for a long time. And what I will tell you is that 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 I've been communicating to myself daily, hourly, minute by minute is, is happening as a result of my own fear. And that's it. No one told me that I couldn't be all the things that I wanted to be. In fact, you know, I was lucky enough to be raised in a household where I was told you can be anything that you want to be and you should shoot to be all things. Um, And my fear has been telling me for now going on 32 years that you have to choose. I mean, and thank you for for acknowledging that that it it came from an internal place, um, and and you know it's fear because sometimes, oftentimes, we do self sabotage ourselves and we do keep ourselves in boxes 
and and it's easy to say, oh, another per- person put me in a box or another person took this opportunity away from me or, you know, this circumstance wouldn't allow me to blossom when in actuality, it definitely is our fear, fear of judgment from others, fear of like not doing a thing, quote unquote, well enough, fear of it not being aligned with how people see us or our, even our own perspective of ourselves, right? And so the concept of like being a multi-dynamic being is something that I definitely love about you, of course, but I have learned to embrace for myself. And even when I was in uh, college, I would just, you know, when you have those um, icebreakers and people be like, oh, uh, describe yourself in three words, right? And I would always use multidimensional as one of my words because I realized like, I am too many things. Like, <laughs> y'all are not about to make me limit myself, okay? <laughs> I am multidimensional, okay? Um, and I have owned that probably since I was like 19, 20, honestly. Because, you know, and I think even, and this always, I mean, I'm always going to bring Black women up because that is a large part of my identity. Um, But I feel like as Black women, you know, if you go into Dubois' concept of double consciousness, right, like in so many ways, we learn to be so many things um, in a multifaceted way to be able to survive, right? or thrive in professional settings and take care of things in our personal lives, right? But beyond that, just our personality and the depths of our being, you know, I feel like God or whatever entity you believe or don't believe in, um, you know, really instills on a cellular level, like so many internal resources for you to shine in so many ways, whether that's your your communicator, an organizer, an artist, a creator, a nurturer, um, you know, a supporter, like someone with foresight, like whatever it is, I feel like we all have so many things in us that we're just not very in tune to and we get really afraid of embracing sometimes. A hundred percent. Amen. And times. I mean, what I've had to learn and, and being in therapy has helped me this tremendously. And I offer this because, you know, sometimes, and this is a whole separate conversation, I'll, I'll say this quick. Sometimes we believe that, you know, therapy is meant to just help us get through things or it's something that supports us in crisis. And it has been that for me. But therapy in this part, part of my life is helping me to get to know myself on a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to really practice a a healthy curiosity about who I am. Um, And I think that because, you know, I'm I'm doing that work with my therapist, who is a black woman, I'm, I'm arriving at a place of understanding. Yes, you know yourself because you've been you know, you've been in this game for 32 years. But if you think that, you know, everything there is to know about yourself at this moment, you are you are very wrong. You are very wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. You need to sit down. <laughs> um, true. But part of what she and I are unpacking currently is like, I mean, you know me, and I, I appreciate so much the way you describe me and how I enter rooms. And that's something that I have a lot of pride in. 
And also, I had to look myself in the mirror at some point in the last couple of years and say, so sometimes, Rachel, that is a true confidence. Sometimes that is just you showing up as you are. But for a long time, Tiffany, that has been a feigned confidence, uh, a rehearsed confidence. And, you know, it has been a response to fear. And so what I'm trying to get at is, you know me and you know that I think most people, when they encounter me, would not position me in their minds or in their consciousness as somebody who is fearful or who moves fearfully. Mm. Um, Right. And so I think that's gotten me to this point. But it also means that I don't have a relationship with fear because I don't spend any time with it because I, I choose to believe that it doesn't have an impact on my life. And what that has meant is that I hide in plain sight from the things that are my gifts, right? I hide from things without really knowing I'm hiding. So in uh-huh. the music, which when I always talk about, I can tell myself, well, Rachel, like you every Saturday you work on the piano and you do this and you do this. Fine. But like, why are you not an open mic? Oh, because I'm busy, because this, because, you know, I have this. No, it's because you're scared and you're scared yeah. because why, right? It's not even enough to just say it's fear. What is the root of fear? Yeah. A lot of it is, um, you know, in summary, I'm learning to do the root cause work to understand what role fear plays in my life and how it's interrupting my ability to be able to use my gifts in the most profound way. Girl, you know what? We could cut it off right now, but we're not going to do that, okay? Because, <laughs> listen, okay? Ugh, let me take a breath. Oh, my God. Thank but you. you know what? You didn't lie. I mean, this it, is a conversation we always have. No, this is, y'all, this is like actually real legit conversation that we always have. First up, big up to your therapist. Now, y'all might hear my friends talk about their therapist. I promise y'all, I am not telling them to do that, okay? (laughs) I am not. I repeat, I am not telling them to do that. (laughs) Slash, comma, hyper, all the stuff, semicolon. I am so grateful that I have so many friends around me that embrace, believe in, and are active participants in therapy, I can tell y'all, probably at least seventy mm, percent of my closest friends go to therapy. Okay, and so I just I want to say that I'm so grateful anytime that somebody plugs that. Um, and you just speaking of how dynamic your work has been with your therapist and just exploring your identity, I love it so much because that's that's the kind of work that I do with clients. Once I you know, a lot of my clients, um, so like my focuses are griefs, um, eating disorders, childhood trauma, race-based trauma, and uh, relationship work. And with relationship, that's relationship with others and relationship to self. So like, you know, esteem and whatnot. And two things that I really focus on with my clients are like existential matters and spirituality. And so asking questions like, who am I? Or what is the meaning of my life? Or what's my purpose, purpose of my life are questions that I really explore with my clients. And I think that it's so important what you're saying that you think you know yourself, but there's so many depths, so many layers to your being that you are just like 
really not in tune to and really not aware of. And it's not like necessarily a bad or a good thing. It just is what it is because life creates so many barriers to us connecting to the depths and the core of who we are, right? And every season of every season in life really actually gives you more of who you are, right? So who you were last year, hell, 2020 done gave a whole lot of people a whole lot of shit that they didn't have a year ago, right? And I'm talking about tapping into resiliency. I mean, tapping into um, enterprising, creativity, patience, understanding. Um, they realizing they don't want to be with that person that they live with. You know, they realizing they don't want to spend as much time with their kids as they do, or they do want to spend more time with their kids. You know, a lot of clarity, a lot of understanding, right? And so who you are, just like who you were born into this world is like one thing, but then life continues to mold you um, and add to like the depths of your being. And so it, it's so important to take time to really constantly ask yourself, who am I? What matters to me? Like, what strengths do I have? What passions do I have? And I think that, you know, tapping into the gifts that you have and, and the sphere that you have, it allows you to explore, yes, what truly does exist for you, but what's also keeping you from embracing that. Mm. Because it's, it's the fear that's keeping you from embracing that. I can take for granted that I'm a great speaker and I can be engaged with people. And then here over the years, Tiffany, you need to have a show. You need to have a podcast. You need to have a this. And I'm like, okay, well, me talking to you is not that big of a deal, right? But it it's me not really embracing that that might be a gift, right? Because I see myself in whatever facet I see, right? Um, and I think that it it is really important to to take a step back and us to constantly look at what what are things that we're passionate about or that we do so well that maybe we take for granted, feel like other people wouldn't care about, or feel like we are too afraid to embrace. Girl, it's a good thing this is not a video interview because I'm on the floor. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing <laughs> girl I mean all of that amen again times 10 to all of it and what I would add to it is you know the the period that I'm in and you spoke about the pandemic and the impacts of that and you know this as you know my first time living alone and it's been really interesting to have my own space but also to have it be during a time where there's Yes, a lot of grief, and that can't be ignored. We have to always call that out. But also, there's a stillness that, you know, my being is just not used to. And what's very interesting is that when I am still, and it typically has to be forced like this moment, but when I'm still, the things that I learn about myself are groundbreaking. And one of the things that you said um, just, just triggered this thought for me of like, Sometimes our gifts <laughs> exist in places where we are not interested in going. Ooh, I didn't say that. I like that. I didn't say that. You said that. That's good. <laughs> Girl, and it just, 
I think sometimes, I mean, obviously we have these conversations all the time, right? My relationship with God has become so much stronger in this period of my life, again, related to the stillness. I'm asking a lot more questions of God. God is requiring me to ask new questions of myself. But a lot of, um, a lot of, I think the challenge I have centers around a central theme of what role does vulnerability play in your life as, mm. a, <laughs> as a leader, as an artist, and also in the Venn diagram between those two things. And what I've had to discover is like, vulnerability is actually the key. I think it, vulnerability is my most powerful space of existence. And it is the thing that I have hid f- from for 32 years. And so much of that has to do with the fact that I have an association with vulnerability and as a, as a tangential, you know, theme, fear, I have an association with those things that, that allows my mind to interpret them as weak, interpret them as, um, you know, non-powerful. Um, and over the last couple of years, people in my life, you are one of them, but also just circumstances had circumstances have caused me to step back, required me to step back and really re-examine that and unlearn that as a philosophy. Um, when I get on the stage and I sing, and you'll know exactly what performance I'm talking about when I refer to this, I have one performance that I did two years ago that was my best performance. It was a performance that broke my heart the most. Mm. Um, and it broke my heart because nothing went as planned. Um, the piano player forgot my song, so I had to play piano. I don't like to play piano and sing because I can't be perfect at it in that piece because that perfect piece, as you know, is always a thing. But when people who were in the room talked to me about that performance, they say, Rachel, you were so present in that performance. I've never seen you be so present and so open and so emotional in that performance. That was my favorite performance of yours. And when people started to tell me that, I had to then re-examine. So like, how do I have this philosophy that that was a terrible performance? And how is everybody else telling me that that was their favorite one? I need to re-examine something. And so much has to do with how my mind chooses to process vulnerability Mm. and the gateway to me reaching people, which is actually my goal. My goal is not to execute perfectly. My goal is to reach people. Mm. And so some of it is like losing track of what your objective is and quite frankly, losing track of what you've been asked to do. God has given me a very specific order <laughs> and yeah. I have to do it the way I want to do it. And he's like, you're not listening. You're not hearing me. I am not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to use the gifts that I've given you to meet people where they are and to invite them in. Yeah. Oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, when when I hear you talk about that, the thing that's coming up in my spirit is uh, one of my favorite books by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's called The Big Magic. And I think we've talked about this book sometime before. And the premise of the book essentially is there is a grander, higher power that it's a very woo-woo book in a way. Um, But if you're into woo-woo and you believe in spirit and things of that nature, um, then, you know, you you might like it. So the idea is that there is a spirit of inspiration that comes over each of us at different points in our lives. And the spirit is 
basically revealing to us like you are a vessel of creation. I want you to create this thing. It doesn't matter if it's art. It doesn't matter if it's an invention. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, but just like there is an idea of inspiration that's being dropped in you and your only task is to deliver it to the world because it's going to serve a purpose. It could be for one person. It could be for a hundred and million billion people, right? But your task is to just deliver it. And the whole notion of the book is, all of the stuff that we tell ourselves or go through from the point of receiving the inspiration to actually the delivery of it or the fact that the inspiration is never delivered and it goes to somebody else, right? Because if you decide to not adhere to your vesselship, that inspiration is going to be like, okay, fine. I'm going to fill some other vessel up with it who wants to be obedient to a degree. And so the idea of understanding that you don't exist just for the purpose of your existence and you as a being are connected to other beings for a reason, that concept, I think, really can put into perspective why not only being connected to yourself is important, but being connected to your gifts and how you use them is important because you begin to understand that there is more purpose than you just existing. Like part of your purpose is to propel whether your family, your community, this world the human race in some kind of way that what you share, what you create, what you give, what you say, it impacts other people. And and it's like you're saying, it's not about this idea of perfection or that it particularly has to come out a certain way. Now, of course, you can be a perfectionist because, I mean, Beyonce is Beyonce for a reason and MJ is MJ for a reason, right? You know, shout out to Virgo. Okay, you know, that's just what we do sometimes. But even in my adoration of those kind of people, you know, just kind of like what you're saying, I've learned it's more important for me to just share than share from a place of perfection. Like I can get there. But just doing the thing is is almost, to me, more important than doing it perfectly. Because like you're saying, the amount of vulnerability that it takes to share something that you feel like isn't even ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It takes a lot of courage. Yes. To say the least. To say the least. And yet, like... Sometimes I think I have the audacity to walk through this world believing that God is not asking me to do work, right? Like, yeah, it is hard. It's it's hard. I mean, sometimes it is painful for me to be that vulnerable with people. But it also, I mean, I can think of it as being painful and I can, I can you know, fuss about it and I can be upset about it and I can cry about it and I can have, you know, <laughs> it fights with God and on an existential level. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's obedience, right? Like part of what yeah. my journey right now is, is like, no, you are not being obedient because part of what you have to understand, Rachel, is that you are, you're, use the words that you just shared, 
You are a vessel. You are a conduit for something to happen in this world. It's not, it is about you and also it isn't about you. And just listening for the divine direction that tells you the direction that you need to move in and that guides you. And part of what I'm learning is when I slow down and actually listen to that divine direction, that's when things start to click for me, right? Fighting and fussing and, you know, you know, having tantrums about it with God. When I start to listen, the things always connect. And I know those moments in my life, you know, I can call them out as, as critical inflection points for me. I remember the moment at which God revealed to me, like, you don't have to choose to be an educator or an artist. Those things can hold on. You decided that they have to be separate and compartmentalized. I didn't say that. So how do you start to understand and listen better so that you understand? (laughs) Because you're hard-headed, girl. I'm hard-headed. And you know this, right? And that, even that, right? If I get curious about that, that comes from a place of not wanting to misstep because my life is meant to achieve many things. And so, right, like I don't want to misstep because I know I have work to do in this world. And God is like, check it out. I got you. I always got you. I need you to just move forward and do what I ask you to do and listen, because I will show you the way. Don't be so um, either naive or arrogant to believe that you have to map the whole plan. What, what do you think my role is? Yes. And I want to go back to uh, the the word coexist. Um, we believe so much in the concept of an or life and really neglect to get the limitlessness that exists, which allows us to embrace an and life, right? Oh, you have to be this or this. You have to do this or this. One I mean, I just believe that in in one lifetime, you can live so many lives, right? So let's not even say that you have to do one thing and stick to that or be one version of yourself, right? Like there's so many versions of you that are going to exist. There's so many passions that you might have, so many interests that you might develop. But even this idea of like, you know, doing multiple things at once is it it's a privileged mindset that most of us, and I say us, meaning like black folks, right, haven't really had the opportunity to embrace, right? Because when so much of our experience has been built around survival, right, and and being able to perform to the best degree for the white gaze. Right. To to be able to experience upward mobility and opportunity. The idea is whatever you're going to do, you do it and your ass make sure you do it three times, four times better than the average white person that's next to you. So when that is the narrative that you are taught, you know, subtly or very like not subtly. You know, all you think about is how do I master one thing? And mastery also is very much connected with how much money I'm going to make. 
So if my family tells me, yo, the arts ain't it, baby girl, you better go get this degree and do this thing. You're going to be like, okay, yeah, I have this little voice in me that wants to sing or, you know, I know I want to dance, but like, you know, that's not going to be where that's not going to get me where I need to be. That's not going to be the vehicle. It's not good enough. Right. So part of the thing around embracing the gifts, too, is also just believing that your passion or desire for them or the the will that they exist in your gut, in your being, in your spirit is good enough. I mean, all we don't have time enough in, in life to have that <laughs> conversation, but it's so it's so true. Right. And I think there's so much in that. There's a historical component in there. There's a cultural component. What it made me think about, though, just to illustrate the degree to which for some of us it is it's self-sabotage that can be unlearned. Absolutely. It can always be unlearned, but you have to do the work is I asked my dad probably two years ago, what did you think I would be when I grew up, when I became an adult? He was like, I thought you would be a singer. <laughs> did he really? He did. Then I almost fell on the floor because wow. I, that I would never in my life have guessed that that's what he would say, right? Because of you know, his, his lived experience because of the work that he's done. But I had to remember too, right? Like my dad is also an artist. He was an actor. And so, you know, for him, he's like, no, I need you to live this dream. I didn't get to do it. I need you to not lose track of that dream. And I think, you know, you spoke about privilege and I take that really seriously because I've had to recognize as well, and everybody don't have this, but when you have it, you have to leverage it. I have the privilege be able to make a choice about how I move in this life, right? And we all have choices to some degree, but I have had choices about who I become that my parents did not have and still don't necessarily have, right? They had to make sure that we were supported. They had to make sure that we had what we needed. Um, and that meant that they had to commit to a job, whether or not that satisfied their passion or not they had to keep us fed and clothed and housed. And so, you know, for me, because they did that work, I feel that I walk through the world now with a different level of privilege where I have choices that they didn't have. And what, what you know, how better, even if unintentionally, to disrespect the sacrifice that your, your ancestors made by not taking full advantage of the choices that you have to actually walk in every single gift that you have. Mm, yeah. Oh, girl. Listen. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and 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 the thing is, the amount of gifts can be really endless. Mm, yes. Right. And going back to one of your original points is a lot of times the concept of using or embracing your gifts goes back to your internal dialogue. You know, I think of like, you know, I love going on road trips and stuff. And um, I went to Law Observatory in northern Arizona or earlier this year. And um, it's the darkest point in the country. And it's one it's the first observatory. And the scientists that founded this observatory actually discovered Pluto. And they have um, just so like there's 
anyway, I could just go into that. I'm going to have a podcast episode, but I did start gazing. <laughs> and so my point is doing st- that stargazing experience. I mean, it blew my mind learning and, and going through some of these telescopes and learning that there are still galaxies that astronomers are still discovering to this day. Like there is it, it, just this concept that what you think you know exists as truth and like the limit, you have no idea that there's so much beyond that. There's always so, like there's galaxies that they're still discovering. I mean, you have people that are, are, are committed to studying black holes and black matter. And the thing about black matter is like, they don't really know that it exists, but they know that it exists. And it's just like this really elusive idea, just kind of like, spirituality, right? Like there's things that we know exist, but we don't know that exists because we can't see it. And and it's the same within us that like there is a whole endless universe of possibility within all of us. But because we don't even embrace the understanding of limitless possibilities, we put ceilings, limits, containers, um, caution tape around what our existence can be and utilizing your gifts is also about just allowing the possibility of you connecting to different parts of yourself you know and of course we can I love you you're amazing <laughs> I love you back I I that analogy was such a such a beautiful connection because I think what what I hear in it is how do we learn to sit in really eager anticipation about what will be revealed to us? And how do we operate with the faith that says, like you said about, you know, black matter, we know it exists, but we don't completely know it exists. How do we learn to sit in an anticipation of that versus becoming overwhelmed by things? I think that every day in this moment in life, I feel like I discover a new thing that I'm interested in or a new Gifts. I love so much that you described me as a historian at the beginning of this conversation because you I, are. I oh love that, right? are. Because that's what I feel like most in this moment because I'm in a moment of discovery and I'm in a moment of study. And, you know, two years ago, that would have frustrated me because my internal dialogue would have said, girl, you don't have time for this book. You need to be at the piano. What do you not understand? Instead of realizing like, no, that is part of this process. If it's revealed to you and you feel pulled there, you go so that you can get what it is that God or, or whatever spirit you, you know, hold true to is trying to reveal to you. We are in constant or should be in constant dialogue externally as well, not just with people, but to your point with spirits, with the world, with nature, because it has information for us that then then allows us to get deeper into our gifts and again just be obedient and on that note let me tell you oh my gosh I appreciate that I appreciate that so much um because a part of growth and transformation is is all about awareness and connection to me and and I agree I believe that 
so much of that connection comes with a sense of spirituality, whatever that means for you. I mean, you can be connected to the wind and the rain and the sun. You know, I'm not saying you need to be a part of an organized religion, but spirituality is about uh, a depth of connection to something ethereal outside of yourself. Um, just some of my major takeaways is understanding the role that fear plays in you embracing and 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 seeing your gifts, um, having insight as to um, the fear around vulnerability and how that might impact you using your gifts, uh, checking in with just your narratives around who you get to be and what you get to embrace and what you get to share. Um, learning how to listen to that inner voice um, and 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 be obedient to it in, in embracing and sharing your gifts and definitely just understanding that sharing your gifts can there's no one way to do it and it can be imperfect and it's totally okay because all you're doing is sharing. Thank you so much, sis, for all your gems, for all your wisdom, um, for everything you shared. Really appreciate it. You're amazing. And I could I could sing your praises without tune or pitch all day. Okay? <laughs> I love that. And I love you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. Thank you all so much for tapping in. Hope that you took something away from this. Please make sure to share it, like, follow, subscribe, um, share this with someone. Take it in, y'all. This is definitely a great message. Definitely a great message to take in. If you have any feedback, if you want to provide any ratings, any comments, feel free. Shoot me an email. Um, just just anything that you want to give. I want to encourage you to be mindful to the shifts within and around you. They're always happening. They are always so, so, so real and want to encourage you to create moments of stillness to connect to yourself seek to shift, seek to grow, and seek to be you. Until next time, y'all, be well.